720 WGN at 736th, John Landecker. Uh, this is Suicide Prevention Week. And with this, Dr. Gregory Jantz, psychologist, best-selling author of So Much to Live For and The Anxiety Reset. Good evening, doctor, and welcome to WGN. Well, thank you for having me. It's a difficult topic to talk about, but we need to. Absolutely. More people have died by suicide than in motor vehicle accidents since 2009, with nearly half a million Americans taking their own lives from 2010 to 2020, according to a Kaiser Family Foundation study. And there have been some quote-unquote celebrity suicides, Anthony Bourdain, Naomi Judd, um, and I was also... doing some research and a the fifth Chicago police department officer has died by suicide this year. Oh, and there have been more than a dozen CPD officers who have committed suicide since 2018. So needless to say, something should be done somewhere. Yes, we have a major problem. And this course is Suicide Awareness Month, but it's more than awareness. We need to be taking some action. And, you know, I'll just say since the pandemic, we've seen particularly the age group 12 to 17 year olds. It's now the leading cause, or I'm sorry, the second leading cause for the 12 to 17 year olds. In the county where I'm at, uh, last year it was the number one cause of death. So, in Fifty and above is another strong uh, increase in numbers. Now, these are people's lives. These are people that, for whatever reason, uh, have reached an edge of despair and despondency. And so it's easy to make a quick judgment, but we need to also understand what are they going through. And that's really what I want to share, because to come to that place you know, you get to a place where you see no other options. And you're not thinking necessarily, uh, you know, in reality, but you don't see any other options. And so what we're finding is more and more people are at that place of despair and despondency. Why such a large amount of young people? Well, if we take the pandemic, we have uh, just some factors. Social media has been huge influence. Uh, on our kids. Kids are more lonely. And if we take kind of what we did with schools and tried this online learning, virtual learning, which didn't work, by the way, we had the highest academic failure rate that we know of. <laughs> so so the record we made was the highest academic failure rate. So we have kids that are um, behind Uh, They're behind socially. Uh, There's more depression and anxiety with these younger ages. And, you know, I'm sorry. I really regret what we did to our kids. It really, in my opinion, wasn't the right thing to do. And we're we're paying a big, big price uh, with our kids. Well, not just kids, but let's just say anyone. What are the red flags? Yeah, well, the red flags. So there's, there's... Red flags you can always talk about, and if you're with a person who's been struggling and depressed, and maybe you're worried about them, and you go, well, do I say anything? Sometimes we're afraid if I say anything to them, will I give them any ideas? Mm -hmm. And let me just set that uh, aside and just say, let's be bold 
ask them, please tell me how you're doing. Please tell me how bad is it? Have you thought of taking your life? Are you thinking about that? So we need to raise the question, and we don't give them ideas. Believe me, if that's where it is, they've already thought about it, and you're maybe opening up a door where they can talk about it, and that's really what we want. We want to know how bad is it? What have you been thinking about doing? And that's what we do with a loved one, with a friend, with a coworker um, that you're concerned about. So often we get in that place where we go, okay, I wish I would have said something. I knew something was wrong. So I want to keep us away from regret. So don't be afraid. you got to be bold. But bring it up if you're concerned about somebody. You know, many of us have had depression, negative thoughts, might have had the idea, quote, unquote, I'd, better be, I'd be better off dead, run through our minds, but yet no, no action was taken. What's the difference? What stops someone as opposed to someone who continues down that horrible path? Sometimes it's a support system. Sometimes it's how am I coping. When we mix addiction, chemicals, mm. alcohol, uh, we know about, it's hard, hard to always say, but we know uh, at the low end, about 40% of the, those who actually commit suicide have some kind of chemical in their body. So it's 40% or higher. So if we're coping through chemicals um, and we're altering our mind in that way, we're more prone to act out, um, sometimes impulsively. So we need to look at how am I coping and what kind of support do I really have? Um, So often a person feels so alone, so isolated, that they feel like nobody can understand what I'm going through. Um, and you really do feel that way. And you feel like, okay, I, after a while, I don't have any other option. And even for a person who's so overwhelmed, they start thinking that way, you know, it, it scares them. It's like, I can't believe I'm thinking this, but this is where I am. Mm. And and we start to believe a lie. The lie is there's no other option. Well, there has to be. <laughs> I mean, that's right. the lie. That's but the lie. What's yeah. the truth? How do we get to the truth of it all then? Well, the truth is I've, I have to be willing to, to get help, and help has to be made available to us. Um, I'm just going to say it out loud. Sometimes getting good mental health help is difficult. Don't give up, <laughs> okay? Uh, we're in a mental health crisis in our country, and, you know, it's been said that the next pandemic uh, is a mental health one. Well, we certainly are in an epidemic of mental health issues. We've never, ever seen the level of anxiety disorder, depression, and addiction. I mean, our addiction rates are skyrocketing. And so anytime that happens, you get more depression, and you're going to get more anxiety, and you're going to increase the suicide numbers. Do you think that there is still a stigma attached to having depression, negative thoughts? You know, I think there is still some shame attached to Mm. I can't get this figured out and I feel shame says I feel defective something's wrong with me I can't seem to fix it I went to a counselor I feel the same and so that's shame I feel like I'll never get better and there's something wrong with me and those are part of the lies that enter in now the right kind of mental health help and I've been doing this this, I'm going on my 39th year good grief (laughs) and I'm passionate about this (laughs) okay 
Yeah. I am passionate because I know we can save lives, and I know that people will not regret choosing life. We've got to get the right kind of help. We've got to deal with whatever's going on. We've got to get to the core issues, and we've got to build a plan of hope. You know, we feel hope when we have a plan. Well, we feel hopeless when there's like, I don't see any, any possibility for a, a good plan for me. So getting the right help is huge. And you know, that's what we've been doing here at the Center of Place of Hope um, for so long. It's because we know with the right kind of help, there is hope. You know, I think that there's a mistaken image about antidepressants. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is just my own observation. Yes. That some people think, I'm going to take an antidepressant, and all of a sudden, everything is going to be coming up roses. It's going to be fabulous. I'm never going to have one negative thought again in my life. And that's just not true, is it? Right. It's not true. Now, I know and I get it. We want kind of that magic pill. Yeah. We do want to. Look, just give me the pill. I need relief, right? (laughs) We kind of live in that that culture of, just give me the pill. I'll be fine. um, Now, I am all for appropriate medication. And yes, sometimes we need help getting across the bridge. And as we work through things, if you can't Mm -hmm. function, if you're not functioning, look, there's a role for medication. There's a role to help us. But let's make sure that's not the only thing we do. Right. Right. No, I understand that. I've I've talked to people who have taken antidepressants, and for the ones that it's working that it works for, it's been described to me as the elevator elevator still starts plunging to the ground, but it stops before it gets to the basement. You know what I mean? Mm, you, that's you start, good. You, yeah. <laughs> You're on a downward. Yeah. You're on a downward thing a little bit, but hold on, it's going to stop. It's not going to plunge right. to the to the basement of the elevator shaft, so to speak. That's right. Yeah, and so don't hesitate with medication. Sometimes people go, "Well, I don't. I must not be on the right medication." And there there are decisions to make. Yes, but um, make sure that you're doing some other things. Make sure that. Um, if, if there's trauma, if there is some significant issues that need attention, um, sometimes we just keep recycling that pain over and over mm-hmm. and we never really get through it. Get the right kind of help. Um, I never, and I wrote this book on suicide. I have to tell you, I've written 40 books. I never thought this was never, ever on my radar. And I started looking around, whoa, what is happening and it, it, honestly, it alarmed me. And so I, I go, man, we've got to do our best. There's some lives we need to save. So that was my motivation behind this. Uh-huh. Um, really a, a concern and an alarm for what I was seeing. Well, I certainly hope that people have heard you tonight on WGN and hear messages of hope from other places, wherever they are, and something can be done about preventing, if not eliminating suicide forever. Uh, it would be a great, uh, a great achievement if something like that were to happen. And I think that's one of the reasons that we take time this time of the year to point out the uh, emotional well, roller coaster yeah. that people are on. 
we all know somebody yeah. or, you know, a suicide is not too far away from us. And we've all been affected by this at this point. Well, uh, thank you so much, doctor, for being with us. And I hope your message message is heard. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You bet. That's uh, Dr. Gregory Jantz, psychologist, best-selling author of So Much to Live For and The Anxiety Reset. John Landecker at 720 WGN.